Welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast with Chad and Jade Spencer. In this world, there's an unlimited amount of voices fighting for your attention. Facts are important, but truth is key. This podcast is all about taking real life situations and looking at them through the lens of God's word. Victory can be your story. What's up, podcast fam? And I guess I'll fill in this part for Jade, but happy Monday, everybody. And this week is a little bit different. My wife gave us permission, right, to uh, go ahead without her, but I'm excited to have my father-in-law on the podcast with me, Greg Hey, Clare. Pastor Chad and, <laughs> and podcast listeners, good to be with you. And yes, I, I'm... I'm Jade substitute for this one, and it's a it's great to be with you. I'm excited about this one. Oh man, well I I always enjoy doing podcasts. You're actually probably our most popular uh, <laughs> podcast guest. Uh, and if you guys like what you hear, you know, again, only if you like what you hear. But we have about th- probably four or five other podcasts yeah. um, throughout all of our sessions. So if you like this, go back, find the other ones that we've done with them, uh, because there's always so much wealth, so much knowledge. Uh, that you can really gain from uh, really having conversations with people that have experience in life. Um, As a younger person in ministry, younger person in family, I think there's a million things that we can gain from having conversations that have with people that have been through it, that oh, yeah. <laughs> that have a life that's you know like that you would be like, hey, I I like their life. I wouldn't be mad if my life looked like theirs. <laughs> well, well. I know you're going to talk about what we're going to talk about yeah. about in this in this podcast. Can I talk about that? Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, podcast listeners, I just really had it on my heart, and I said to Chad, I think this is the time to talk about money because mm-hmm. that's an important thing. Yeah, and and I can summarize it this way. You know, at school, my experience was they taught me how to count, but they didn't teach me how to make stuff to count. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, that's an important little ingredient in your life, and. And and possibly many of you listening to this podcast are, are people who either are married, young couples in the workplace, or you're about to get married, you're thinking of getting married, and you just need you need somebody just to give you share some thoughts about money and right. wealth and finances and spiritually, how does this jigsaw puzzle fit <laughs> together? You know, it can get very confusing. Yeah. And what's so crazy is people don't talk about this. No. Right? Like money is one of those like hush hush topics. And you know, well, you don't want to talk about money because, and and you know, the benefit about having a podcast that makes no money, it actually doesn't matter (laughs) what we talk about because it's not hurting us or benefiting us. But no, I, I genuinely believe that this is a topic that so many young people and young families and believers struggle with. Actually, you know what is a crazy stat is that charismatic Christians. Yeah are one of the lowest earning percentiles in the people with lowest percentiles of savings in any of the categories of religious people. Chad, I believe that it's because the faith message is not properly understood. That's true. I think think that for many people, I mean, people are not dumb, but people don't really grasp the faith message and and i just want to say right out off the bat you know james the book of james makes it very clear faith without works is dead yeah you know you know what i mean so you can have all the faith in the world and trust the lord but if you don't have a delivery system Mm -hmm. in your life then i'm afraid nothing's going to happen you're going to go gray waiting for the lord to act (laughs) when he's given you all the tools right and he's saying well 
I'm waiting for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put your faith to work. So oh, that's, that's what this podcast is about. All right. Before he digs in, because I'm going to just hand the reins over to him. Um, just so you know, you know, uh, he's very accomplished in life, right? He ran a very successful accounting practice. And then, you know, believe it or not, the Lord did a wild turn of events <laughs> and called him into full-time, you know, uh, ministry, Absolutely. I would say. Absolutely. Uh, and now he's the CFO of quite a large ministry organization. Yeah, it's a, it's a large ministry organization. Right. A lot of entities, right. we do a lot of things, you know, it's church and all its related activities. Mm-hmm. It's an international television broadcasting yeah. network called Faith Broadcasting Network that mm-hmm. I'm privileged to be involved with. That's been a lot of fun and uh, it keeps me pretty busy. But you know what I've learned over all my 60 years walking around this planet is that you got to get the basics right. Right. You know, get the basics right and the complex things will look after themselves. Yeah. All right, so here you go. I'm going to pass the reins right over to you. Well, you know, I want to, I want to perhaps just start by saying that, you know, when Janita and I first got married in, in our early days as a married couple, we made so many financial mistakes. It's just incredible. And, and the good thing is that you can always recover from them, mm-hmm. okay? Mistakes are not fatal. They just fit into the category of collecting experience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Try not to make the same mistakes again. So I just want to talk about a few things relating to finances and just, you know, maybe clear up some myths and, and maybe just peel away the mists of, of misunderstanding on a lot of things. And I want to say this to start with too, is that, you know, whether you're a Christian or not, in your 20s, and your 30s, up to about the age of 40, those are very aggressive years financially because mm-hmm. a lot of people are trying yep. to establish themselves. They, they're trying to get into their career or great job or, or whatever, whatever it is that, that they have. Even spiritual Christians that have heard the call of God to go into business or whatever, you're still in business. You know, people ask me, Greg, well, you know, what is a kingdom business? I don't think a kingdom business exists. The kingdom exists and you can have a business which functions on kingdom principles Mm -hmm. but you're still in business right which means you've got to get some fundamentals right even if you're not in business and you're just earning a salary how do you handle your your salary and what do you what do you do you know what i mean so so when i read the book of proverbs and it's i'm not going to quote anything particular but it's over and over solomon who we know was was the richest man on the planet his advice was that you collect wealth gradually. Right. These get-rich-quick schemes, they're not great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've never seen a free lunch. I've tried a few, man. I can yeah. tell you they don't work. No. And, and the downside <laughs> is pretty slippery, yeah. especially if you commit a lot of resources to it. So wealth is something that you, that you gain gradually over your life. And, and I think at the outset, let me, let me draw a balance. You know, in your money affairs, and let me just let me just assume we're talking to a young married couple, because right. that's a great model to use. You know, the biggest fight you're going to have in your marriage is going to be about money. Right. Okay. Janita and I have had a fantastic marriage, but when we have argued, it's been about money. It just <laughs> seems to be the thing. You know. Yeah. Spiritually, you've got to get get your act your act together. So we understand, you know, as spiritful Christians, we understand the word, we understand that we tithe 10% right. and you give offerings. Right. Well, how do you fit that into your budget? You know what I mean? 
And I want to say this, that, that I found, whether it be in business, whether it be in ministry, or whether it be in your personal finances, it's a good idea to allocate 10% of your income to your tithe mm-hmm. and then some offerings, right. and 10% into savings, mm-hmm. meaning that you live on 80%. Right. And if you say to me, but geez, Greg, that doesn't leave me as much as I need, I would say, yes, that's correct. But if you start, when you first start earning income, if you start living on 80%, tithe 10, right. save 10, and you live on, on the 80%, then it doesn't matter what you're earning now and what you're going to earn in 20 years' time. That same principle applies. Yep. You will be on your way to extreme wealth. Right. It definitely works that way. So I'm not going to teach on the tithe now other than to say that the Bible in Malachi chapter 3 talks so much about that and talks about the fact that, that when you do that, an important principle happens because God opens up the windows of heaven, yeah. pours out a blessing that you can't contain, and he puts a hedge of protection around you. Right. Now, that hedge of protection, Chad, is incredibly important, mm-hmm. especially as a young family becoming economically active. Right. Because you don't want the enemy to come and eat away what you're earning with your hard-earned labors. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's very important. But there's also a perspective maybe I would like to bring, and that is when God opens the windows of heaven, he's giving you an insight into the wisdom of God mm-hmm. as to what you can do to be financially prosperous. That's so good. Okay. Yep. So many of us, where, where I said earlier that we, we misunderstand the faith message is because we're expecting God to pour out a wheelbarrow of cash from heaven <laughs> through the so-called open window. Yeah. But I don't believe that that is what the Lord is talking about there. He's saying, come up to my level, come up to my wisdom which Solomon spoke about as well. And I will give you insight into financial prosperity. Oh, that's good. Okay. And it's a, it's a case of perspective. So spiritually, that's very important that we get that perspective right. We have a responsibility. And for husbands that I'm yeah. speaking to, you're the king and priest of your home. Yeah. You have to provide for your family. Yeah. Your wife may be economically active, but the responsibility ends with you. Right. Which means you have to spiritually get your perspective right. Get your tithe in the ground, mm-hmm. get your seed in the ground, and often your harvest comes in the form of opportunities, Chad. That's so good. And it, what's so cool about that is, because I think this is where a lot of believers make the mistake, you know, they are waiting for that wheelbarrow yeah. full of cash to yeah. fall out of the sky yeah. and just land in their lap, you know, and it... it it's a, like a sugar daddy mentality, you know what I mean? Where like God, God's a genie in a bottle, and I just but but meanwhile, God's called you and gifted you to produce, and that's actually His design. This is the point. Yeah. So I'm going to make a statement now, which may shock you a little bit, and may be a little bit of offensive. So <laughs> just put your crash helmet on, put your suit of armor on, because here it comes. Yeah. If you, if your financial testimony. <laughs> is about God's goodness because the IRS gave you a tax refund, <laughs> then you're not in charge of your finances. Mm-hmm. That's not a testimony. That is a testimony to your foolishness. Yeah. Because if you don't know you're going to get a refund, right. then you haven't managed your affairs. Mm-hmm. Now, for some people, that's shocking. I do understand that sometimes the refund could be bigger than you expected. Right. That I understand. But in principle, you should know what your result is when you put your tax return in. Right. You with me? Yep. So so it's about stewardship of your personal finances. It's such an important ingredient in your future financial success. That's good. So get your faith perspective right. Understand 
the kingdom of God gives you tools. One of them is the tithe. One of them is your offering. But another one is the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. Use the tool in your economic activity. Okay. Now, I know you didn't want to go much into this, but I've heard this a lot. And maybe just me asking you can help some people as well. People that are sitting there and they're saying, I can't afford to tithe. You know, I'm not able to take that step. You know, how would you kind of counsel someone or, or, or instruct somebody that's in that situation? I want to, I just can't fiscally afford it. Okay. First of all, the advice would, before I get to that, yep. the advice would be to avoid getting into that position. Right. So live on 80% mm-hmm. of your income. Right. You must, you must, you must, your lifestyle must fit into the 80%. Right. So that you are tithing your 10% and you are saving your 10%. Right. So you're cutting things. You you're, have yep. to cut mm-hmm. things. If you have found yourself in a situation where you've made mistakes, now you have to dig yourself out of that and you must begin tithing, Mm -hmm. but you're probably going to need to cut some things to do that, but you must get your tithe into the the ground. Now, what I would suggest is you give yourself a window period, Mm -hmm. okay, of six months or whatever, and you, you start adjusting your face but you at least must start getting some seed in the ground right right. it's very very important it is a spiritual principle and it's not our opinion it's the word of god right and that's why it's very difficult to pray for somebody who who has a financial problem and are not tithing right because god is saying well he can't help you if you're not tithing so i can't help you right by not tithing you're putting yourself in the position of god correct and you are the sole responsible person correct to make your money either multiply or or, or do whatever you and needed to do and that's the thing chad you know you know if 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 i didn't know the scriptures that right. that statement could be incredibly offensive mm-hmm. to me but once i've gone and read the scriptures well that's the revelation of it right. that's the truth right. so then i understand that right. so i think i think what i'm saying and what you're saying needs to be taken in that context mm-hmm. it's very very important but but sometimes it's very difficult to 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 get your financial house in order spiritually with seed tithe and seed in the ground immediately you may need to make an adjustment right. for example you could have got yourself into a lot of debt mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. well you're going to need to make efforts to start restructuring that in order to make sure that you've got spiritual seed in the ground that right. needs to be there right. because your debt problem ain't going away right. until you've got your spiritual right. house in order that's good that's good so that's very very important so so i, th- I think I think at the outset was just to talk about making sure that you've got your 20% set away. 10% spiritually is into into the ground, and that would go into your storehouse, which mm-hmm. is your church. Mm-hmm. Okay? And seed into the ground, and then 10% into the savings. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, 10% into savings can simply be going into banking accounts that generate interest. Mm-hmm. For most banking accounts, which are uh, checking accounts, for example, don't probably don't pay interest. Right. Okay. I know in, I'm not sure in this country, but certainly from my country, right. don't pay any interest. So you want your savings to go into the best interest-bearing account mm-hmm. you can possibly do at your financial level. Right. And keep doing that, because when when you need to buy a motor car, now you suddenly have a savings account which you can use as a balloon payment for that vehicle to reduce the debt attached to that vehicle. When you want to buy a home, you've got cash in a savings account, which you've created over years, Mm -hmm. okay, because you've lived at the level of 80%. 
So you've got your savings, you've got your deposit on your home. It is going to reduce the amount of your mortgage. Okay, and mm -hmm. you're going to end up buying the home that you can afford. Right. So that's very important. So this 10% savings is important. It doesn't have to go into savings accounts. If you're feeling a little bit more bullish about mm -hmm. things, you could put it into shares and things. Mm -hmm. That is something to do with risk now. Right. You, you know, I know at my age, I'm not one possibly is buying lots of NFTs and doing all <laughs> sorts of cryptocurrency. And this is not about giving but specific financial yeah. advice. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so if, if that's your thing, that's fine. But high, high return? High risk. Absolutely. The principle I want to illustrate is that you're allocating 10% of right. every dollar that you earn is going into some kind of savings mm -hmm. to provide for your wealth creation, right. which I'll talk about right. now. Okay. Cool. So I think it's just a very, very important principle. Yeah. I, I think if you can do that as a young person, yeah, um, that'll start to shift some things because yeah. you start to go into a production mode. Absolutely. I mean, how many situations, I mean, you can look back at your life. I can even, at my young age, I can look back at situations like, man, if I had 20K at that moment, yes. if I had 10,000 at that moment, that was a perfect opportunity. Chad, there's an adage. <laughs> Success happens when opportunity meets those who've prepared. Yeah, that's good. If you haven't prepared, that's so good. you're going to suck because yep. there is no opportunity yep. for you. Yep. It's actually an obstacle, not an opportunity. <laughs> and then you kick yourself. Yep. I should have been prepared. And like you, I've been in that position many times. And mm -hmm. you learn from your mistakes. Right. You, know? right. you learn from your mistakes. The second big issue. Okay, so the first one was, well, the third one. The first one was spiritually get your financial house in order. The, the second one was make sure that you got 10% into savings. The third one, where I've spoken to a lot of people, is they don't have a budget. Right. So actually, they're earning well, mm -hmm. but actually they've got big holes in their, in their bucket. Yeah. And money's disappearing into places where it shouldn't be, shouldn't be disappearing. Um. There is a lot of social pressure sometimes that you, you need to have this type of motor car. You've got to be wearing brand name things. I mean, I understand that. That's whole real. Thing. It's real. At, it's can I, as a young person, yeah. I, I, I've never been a materialistic yeah. person in my entire life. But it is shocking yeah. to feel that pressure. You know, I'll, I'll be very transparent. Like, you know, my brother bought a very nice house. My sister just bought a house. And I'm still sitting in my first home that we purchased. It's very low upkeep. It's awesome, you know, and all of that. But even just as them buying houses, you suddenly feel the urge and you find yourself trying to upgrade your life. Not just because you're wanting to keep up, because everybody else is doing it. You know, you referred to my to my my accounting and tax practice yeah. that I had. My wealthiest clients, mm -hmm. my wealthiest clients, were people who were dyslexic. Yeah, they were people that weren't. They didn't even have university educations. Mm -hmm. They were my wealthiest clients, but they drove conservative motor vehicles. Mm -hmm. They lived in conservative homes, but they paid cash for everything. Right. Right. Or you can have a very elaborate motor vehicle mm -hmm. and you can have a fantastic home that you can barely afford and have a mortgage up to your neck mm -hmm. and wonder why you can't save any money and why you wonder why you can't take advantage of financial opportunities that come. Great investment opportunities because right. it's tied up in your home mortgage. Yep. Yep. Now, I do understand. Yeah. I've been married for 30 years. Your home is your castle, man. Right. I understand that. And you got to keep mommy happy, you mm -hmm. know. And, and the family. So, so there's a balance in everything. Right. But in principle, what you're saying is so important that 
that social pressure, mm-hmm. you know, you know, when you meet somebody, you ask them their name, you ask them, what do they do for a living? Mm-hmm. And you ask them where they live. Mm-hmm. What are you asking? Yep. You're getting some identity. You're trying to get an idea of whether they fit into your financial circle mm-hmm. by asking them what they do mm-hmm. and where they live. Well, are they on your side of the tracks, yep. man? You know what I mean? Those are terrible questions, but right. we all ask them. Right. And so it points to what you're saying, Chad. It's a big social pressure. But the person who wants to be financially free declares independence of that, mm-hmm. follows the wisdom of God, you know, lives conservatively and invests in, in good things. Yeah, that's good. So that, that would be, be, be good advice. For many people don't have a budget. They don't have a family budget. So they don't know where their money is being spent. They don't know what they're spending on groceries. They don't know what they're spending on, on medical things, insurance, etc. And often when you add it up, in a budget, suddenly you start realizing that you've got some costs that you've never really thought of. So the the third thing is make sure that you've got a, a decent budget together and stick to the budget. That you have to be quite strict about. Right. And I know what that's like, being a married man. I promise you, I understand oh, what happens man. in this game. Target hates us. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Target is my worst enemy. Oh, yeah. I know. Look... Emotional bias yeah. happen and they are a problem. <laughs> they really are a problem. And I understand you've got to have fun in your life. Right? Right. You can't, you, you know, you, you, I, I do understand that there's a balance in everything. So I'm talking in principle. That's one of the things you want to do. And then the next thing I want to draw some attention to, and I think that this is quite important, Chad, and that is people often have a misunderstanding about wealth. Okay. You know, if you think about it, when you earn a salary, that's a cash flow. It's represented by cash. I mean, mm-hmm. when you get to the end of the month, you, they either put cash in your, well, every two weeks or yeah. whenever you get paid. They either put cash in your bank account or they don't. Right. Okay. That's different to building wealth. Yes. Because cash flow and wealth don't always happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. You see, wealth is really about collecting value in your life, okay? So as a married couple, you want to have a cash flow so that your budget works, so that you can put your 10% away, so that you're putting your tithe away. But you also want to create wealth. Now, if you think about it, when you buy a house, You will buy it for a certain amount of money. You may have a mortgage to start with, Mm -hmm. but you want the value of the house to increase while you're paying off the debt. Right. Okay. To the extent that the debt reduces and the value of the house increases, you've got equity. Mm -hmm. That's wealth. That's value. But you can't eat it. Right. Okay. Right. So you can't eat all your wealth, but you're creating value in your life. If you buy a property, a rental property, for example, or you put money in the share market, uh, I'm too scared to talk about NFTs and cryptocurrency (laughs) because I don't know enough about that. But when you put money into that, you know, and you see it start growing, the tendency is I want to cash that in because I want the cash. But the person who's chasing wealth is not going to do that because he's not chasing cash, Chad. Mm-hmm. He's chasing value. Right. He's chasing wealth. So I could be buying an investment property and I've got a rental income stream that's paying my costs and helping pay my mortgage. And I'm, I can't eat that revenue stream because I need all that cash to pay those costs. Right. 
But while I'm doing that, the value of the property is increasing, especially if I've bought it in a great place. Mm -hmm. So I'm building equity, but I can't eat the equity. Yeah, And, and this is where people make a mistake. Absolutely. I mean, some of the wealthiest people I know, it's not like they're sitting with $10 million in the no. bank. No. Right? They're probably sitting with you know, a hundred rental properties yes. or, yes. you know, certain stocks and yes. shares and things like that. Yes. Like, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody about somebody that was worth a hundred million dollars and they're like, man, they got a hundred million dollars. And I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> they probably have little cash flow in their actual bank account, but their assets, correct. right? They've created wealth over correct. a period of time. That is correct. That's where the real money correct. actually exists. Correct. Yeah. And it's important to get that perspective right in your life because if you get it wrong you start cashing in your golden goose mm -hmm. in order to afford the expensive couch in your living room that's good yeah i mean that just doesn't make sense yeah. that doesn't create income which brings me to the next thing when you are investing you are wanting to invest in something that's going to generate income to pay for itself that's good so let me give you an example if you're going to buy a rental property, for example, mm -hmm. you're wanting to buy it in an area where you know you can get a sufficient rental to mm -hmm. at least cover your costs. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Because if it's doing that, it doesn't cost you anything to go into that property while it's growing in value. Right. Now, where a lot of some people lose perspective on this is that there are times where you actually, if your rental income is not covering the costs including your mortgage mm -hmm. on that property, and you've got to top it up. Right. People say, well, I can't do that. Well, sometimes, no, the wealthy thinker will say, no, I actually do want to do that. Yeah. Because even though I've got to top it up a little, a little bit, I'm looking on the other side of the balance sheet, and I'm looking at how quick is the value of that property growing. Right. Because for the little bit that I've got to top it up, mm -hmm. it's propping up a wealth creation, which is eye-watering. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? But because you don't understand that, you don't, you know, you don't want to do it. Which brings me to another aspect, and that is, Chad, education about financial mm -hmm. matters. That's good. And at the beginning, you know, I made a statement about the fact at school they teach us how to count, but they don't always teach us how to make things to count. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to say is I came out of a great schooling system, but they didn't teach me anything about financial entrepreneurship <laughs> or investments or anything. You know, that's something in life I've had to accumulate, you know. Right. And it's a good thing to get a financial mentor around you, somebody who is successful, who can come around you and give you advice. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes that can be your pastor, mm -hmm. but not always. Right. Sometimes it needs to be somebody else. But if you are going to take advice from somebody, I would preferably look at somebody who is a Christian and spirit-filled and understands the Word of God so that you're getting balanced financial advice. That's so good. Okay. No. But financial education is very important because when I talk to a lot of people, they just don't know anything about money. They don't know how to invest money. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever told them. So they, they, they have lots of faith. Yeah. They understand the Word of God, but they've got no delivery system. Yeah. And that's where everything falls down. They have frustration in the marriage and mom and dad fight. Wow. You know, now kids come along. Now you've got, to, you've got to school your kids. There's more financial pressure. I understand. The, 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 the issue is real. Yeah. The issue is very real. Yeah. So would you say that for a young family, you know, and in, in, in you're in a position where you're making pretty good money yeah. and, and you're able to put some things aside, it would be more beneficial to be slightly uncomfortable for a few extra years while saving 
then elevate your life to that next level the moment you can afford it. I absolutely agree with that. Because if you're going to be extravagant in your early years, you're going to pay the price later. Yeah. And sometimes it's too late later because, you know, the kiddies have come and the kiddies are growing up. They're going into school. And, you know, my children, you know, you married to one of my children <laughs> and, and, and my son is 25 turning yeah. 26. And look, you know, those costs are real. Yeah. You know, and, and you guys are economically active and, 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 you know, my son and his wife are very economically active, but you're still, you're still parents, yeah. you know, and yeah. you still want to do things for your children. So mm-hmm. get it right early right. rather than later. And, and so for those of you listening, you know, if there are adjustments you've got to make financially in your life and the way you're thinking about things and certain things that you're doing, make it now. Take the pain now. Mm-hmm. And you'll have the gain later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you run away from some of the pain now, you're not going to have the gain later. That's going to so It's going to be tough. Yeah. And just one of the last things, if you are in a position financially where you're not struggling to do 10% tithe and 10% savings, listen, find out a percentage of your income that you can live off of. And build a budget. Yeah. How incredible would it be if you're in a position where you can do 10% tithe, 10% savings, and then take 20% and put it in an investment account? N- not only that, I actually want to circle back if I can, okay. Chad, yeah, yeah. and come back to the start, which mm-hmm. was spiritually. Remember this, that the tithe is covenant. Mm-hmm. It's obedience. Yeah. Nowhere in the word of in, and in the word of God says that it's ten yeah. percent of your income. So yeah. that's the minimum, yeah. actually, that mm-hmm. you've got to do. And the, as I said, Malachi talks about the fact that the Lord will open up the windows of heaven. He'll put the hedge of protection around you. Right. He'll rebuke the devourer. Okay, so there's your safety. That's yeah. a great insurance policy. Yeah. But actually, when it comes to making offerings, which is where the real multiplication mm-hmm. actually happens. Nowhere in the Word of God does it say how much that is, right. and that's why if you're in church, you never, you know, I always say say to people, be very careful about being told what to give as an offering. Right. You can be taught what to give as a tithe, which is ten percent. There's no debate on that. Right. But your offering is discretionary because right. actually your offering is more of a love relationship, mm-hmm. and that's what God honors, and that's what God multiplies. So really, your ten percent is your tithe, but you want to get seed in the ground. Yeah. which is over and above the tithe. Yeah. Okay? But sometimes that can be very difficult to do when you're starting, but that needs to become your lifestyle. Yeah, that's so okay? good. Be a sower. Because yeah. Corinthians, Paul talks about the fact that the Lord will give you more seed to sow yeah. as a result of getting seed in the ground, and he'll give you bread to eat for every good work. Yeah. And just note this. If you won't seed off of the $50 that you made today, you're not going to seed off yeah. the 5000 you do tomorrow or the 50000 you do in 10 years. The best decision Janita and I ever made right at the beginning of our married life was to get our tithe in the ground, mm-hmm. and we have never missed a month. Yeah, same. In 30 years, we've never missed a month, and then get seed in the ground. Yeah. So what we do in our budget is we know that the 10% is the tithe, and then we allocate an amount of money for our offerings mm-hmm. over the four weeks of the month or five weeks of the month. And sometimes we're sitting in – so that's the minimum. We're going to put right. it, and sometimes you know the Lord will say, "No, well look, this is what you need to do." Yeah. And then we'll have a financial meeting, Janita and I in the pews. <laughs> we'll come into agreement and unity on that, and then we'll sow a seed. That's so good. Over and above that. Yeah. But you must be in unity as a family. Right. Yeah. Right. Very important. Wow. Well, I'm really excited about all this information that we got. 
I think, you know, let's talk about money. It, it's a good conversation to have. And if you don't talk about it, you're never going to get that knowledge and education. I mean, one book I recommend is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert uh, Kiyosaki. Yeah, very good. Um, I mean, do you have any just fundamental resources that you suggest people for financial education? Not really. Yeah. I, I think that I think that, that his book right. uh, is an excellent book. Yeah. Um, he has some pretty radical positions he takes mm-hmm. on things, but that was his lifestyle. Right. That's what that was his decision. Yeah. It's a personal choice. I'm not criticizing it mm-hmm. I, I, because there was tremendous advice there. Yeah. Um, but there's tremendous advice in the Word of God. Yeah. Read Proverbs. Absolutely. Read read what Solomon says about money. Solomon. That's good. I mean, really, Proverbs is an excellent book um, about that. But at the end of the day. Be careful with your finances. Have a proper financial plan. Mm-hmm. I, I said earlier that Janita and I, you know, our fights have been about money, but actually that do, doesn't mean we've not spoken to each other about money. Right. It's a, it's not it's not a taboo subject. It's mm-hmm. a subject that we actively talk to each other about. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly for us at our age now, moving towards retirement, you know, our, our financial goals have shifted. Right. And, and they do shift. That's normal. So now a lot of our, our income is being directed into re, into retirement funding that we weren't doing earlier. Right. You know. So things do change. It's it's a subject that must be very open in your marriage and in your and in your discussions with each other. Don't hide away from it. Right. And if there are problems with it, don't hide away from it. <laughs> Rather deal with it as a couple mm. and preserve your marriage, you know. Don't you, I think I think when you try and sweep it under the carpet and not want to deal with it, Chad, real trouble happens and it's not going to be the solution to your problems. Oh. You need godly wisdom in your finances and that can only happen too when there's unity. That's so good. All right. Well, what I'm going to do is just ask you to pray and end us off. Absolutely. And uh just thank you for being part of the podcast today. My privilege. Father, I pray for every listener of this podcast. Lord Jesus, I, I, I pray for prosperity in their lives. And, and, and there we're not just referring to financial prosperity. It's the prosperity of your soul as well. That's what the Bible talks about. But Lord, in particular, I pray for a revelation of wisdom from the throne room of God. For every person listening to this podcast, Lord, I pray that they will make time together to pray and to ask you for wisdom as Solomon did. You say in your word that when you ask for wisdom, it will be given to you. And so, Father, I pray for every person listening to this podcast that you'll give them an abundance of wisdom in relation to their financial affairs so they can begin to construct the road to prosperity and by the application of their faith and the wisdom of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us on the Truth Be Told podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode you just listened to. Remember, we have new content coming out every single week. If you know of someone who could benefit from this podcast, we would love for you to share it on your social media as well as going ahead and leaving us a review. But for now, we can't wait to catch you next week.